This podcast is produced by EnergeticCity.ca, your only local and independent news in Northeast BC. To support local news and this podcast, go to EnergeticCity.ca slash join to find out more. Watch this show live on Facebook or download the podcast at EnergeticCity.ca. All right, welcome back to Moose Talk. So we have Mayor Lori Ackerman joining us. Uh, Mayor, the microphone working now, I think? I believe it is. Oh, thank goodness. <laughs> Not that I've ever been accused of needing one before. <laughs> All right, well, uh, again, we, we were kind of talking a bit about 100th Street. It was sure. our first topic. Tell us a bit about how, how that's going. How have you, what have you heard about it so far, and what are you hearing from people uh, you know, pro and maybe even con. Yeah. Well, you know what? With every uh, infrastructure project, there's always going to be challenges. And we knew that going into it. And that's why um, I started to say earlier that we actually bumped the um, the actual start year back so that we could ensure that the uh, access for a lot of the um, uh, businesses along yeah. the way uh, would be available to them, would be paved and managed uh, in a in a much easier way. And so now we're, here we are, this is the, the third year. And um, again, still, there are, there's always challenges when there's an infrastructure project. Uh, we have a very narrow construction window in the north mm-hmm. and our economic development staff and, and uh, the engineers are very aware of that. So they've been working with those who have been coming to us with, uh, with problems and uh, we're looking at how we can uh, mitigate those. One of the issues that we had is um, the Salvation Army's uh, uh, Northern Center of Hope yeah. um, needed its, the hydro plugged mm-hmm. in and they finally got around to doing that. And so that's torn up the, um, the back alley on, uh, in between uh, 99th Avenue and 100th Avenue. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Um, I, I mean, I, I have to ask, because, of course, you kind of mentioned it. People have their opinions about it, right? At this stage, is there any thought, you know, from a political side to you, maybe the council even, of got, should we address these concerns? Is there... Is it too late for us to think about if this was the best way forward or are you still kind of you're sticking to your guns that despite sort of the haters, if we want to call it that, uh, this is what we're doing and this is the way forward and we're happy with how it's going to turn out. Right. So uh, when you get started on a project, it's it's um, there's to, to change gears you know, halfway through is, um, is crazy. But when you consider the amount of consultation that was done yeah. to do this, um, <clears throat> to be brutally honest, I hear a lot of positive. Yeah. I hear uh, people who um, either own, operate, or work in businesses in the, um, the part that is already done, and they're talking about how traffic is not backed up anymore because you've got that dedicated left turn lane. Um, you've, the pedestrians feel safer walking you know, through, the, through that area. You know, so hearing a lot of good things about how it looks. And mm-hmm. we just um, hosted the North Central Local Government Association here at uh, the beginning of May. And I can tell you, our colleagues from across northern BC that were up here were absolutely envious mm-hmm. of the work that's being done in Fort St. John. What we do in one year is pretty much what they do in 10 years. Mm-hmm. Okay. I want to move on to the uh, overdose present, uh, prevention site and mm-hmm. services sort of building that was um, slated to be set up. Now, it was going to, it looked like it was starting to move ahead. The permit was was, was withdrawn uh, by the land uh, owner, if I remember right. I just wanted your take on that. Is is there, you know, 
is there more the city maybe could be doing to make this easier so that we can make kind of make this reality for Northern Health and for people who who would be using something like OPS and their services that would be housed in a building like yeah. that? So this entire um, project and service uh, lies squarely on the shoulder of the health authorities, mm-hmm. and that's what was outlined in the um, in the ministerial order. I think it was back in 2016. Yeah. Um, the Northern Health, um, and that's why I asked the questions, did you do your consultation? And they said, yes, 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 we've done it. And I said, okay, you know, and it turned out that there wasn't a significant amount of consultation done on it. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, they're back at square one and we will wait patiently until they bring forward another proposal. Mm-hmm. Um I also want to move on to this. We heard this story about uh, you worked with BC Housing, you and or the council, uh, to help kind of house a Ukraine uh, refugee family in uh, the passive apartments, is my understanding of it. I wonder if you could talk a bit about that and, and kind of how that came to fruition. And, and was it you were reached out to or was it something you said, we, we've got the space, we've got to do this? Well, actually, um, I was contacted by the um, settlement workers and school staff over at School District uh, 60. And um, they said, you know, we've got this family and, you know, we're, we need to find um, something. And, and so, um, you know, sometimes trying to contact a government agency is a little hard to do. So yeah. I said, let me try reaching out to my contacts. And so I did. And it just it went from there because we knew that there were um, uh, rooms in uh, suites in that uh, in that building and so you know it was just being that catalyst Um, I reached out to my contacts they were very receptive Uh, and the beautiful part of it is is that there also may be some um, job opportunities for them Mm -hmm. it's right down the hill from the high school where the uh, where their son would be going to school and it was just a win-win-win for everybody. I see. Has there been any more, uh, as they've reached out again, has there been any more talk about maybe more people being helped in this similar way? Well, the provincial government talks about, yeah. uh, you know, re- more uh, Ukrainian refugees coming, but I have not seen or heard of anything. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, I also wanted to talk about this, of course. I guess the 25th year of the Peace River Agreement was mm-hmm. just celebrated. Um, uh I think you probably talked for 25 minutes just on how important that's been for Fort St. John. What does this milestone uh, mean to you? Um, I don't think you were there right at the beginning, but you've seen it and seen it unfold. And you helped kind of, I think you were part of the uh, the re-signing of it recently in the last few years. Again, mm-hmm. talk, talk to me a bit about that and what that means to the city. Yeah. Um, so anyone who's lived here um, pre-2003 would yeah. know that uh, 50% of our roads were gravel with open ditches. Yeah. We, we, in fact, have a picture of a, I think it was a, a D8 cat that was trying to pull a grater out of uh, the mud down in Annafield. Mm-hmm. And there was no street lights, there was no sidewalks, there was nothing paved. I mean, if they've just moved to Fort St. John and they're looking at a paved street outside of their um, home in Annafield or North Annafield, South Annafield, or... or um, even Matthews Park, it was paved and done since then through this um, agreement. Uh, This is an agreement that um, is literally precedent-setting, where all of the jurisdictions in the Peace Region came together and uh, put their foot down. Because, you see, over about 98% of the forestry 
uh, mills in the province of British Columbia are inside the municipalities that service them. Mm-hmm. Whereas the majority, well, all of the oil and gas industry is outside, but we were expected to service them. Yeah. And so that's how we got what was originally called the Fair Share Agreement and then became the Peace River Agreement. Mm -hmm. So we have had, over the years, somewhere in the neighborhood of $375 million. And the way Fort St. John uses it is we don't use it in operations. We put that into capital projects. So we have built the fire hall. We have built now the new RCMP detachment. We have built... um, tons of projects around town all of the paving the downtown everything uh the festival plaza the uh the park renewals and um all of that is all of those capital projects are done with the uh with the peace river agreement money the only exception to that is water and sewer because years ago the feds had um laid down the law after Walkerton, Ontario, had its issue with mm-hmm. not properly investing in uh, water and sewer infrastructure. And so that's the only component of our capital budget that stands alone. I mean, it's it's certainly a big advantage that, uh, you know, uh, a city like Fort St. John seems to have over where other cities might have to raise taxes in order to pay for things like that. Well, we've got this other huge revenue stream to kind mm-hmm. of, as you say, build capital projects, yeah. right? Yeah. Yep. Um, okay, let's uh, look forward a bit. Uh, actually, this is looking back. My apologies first, but I call it Fort St. John coming back. Now, I don't mean that Fort St. John ever left us, but this spring and summer, you know, we're seeing events coming back. Uh, mandate restrictions have kind of been lifted from, you know, the COVID kind of era. Tell me about that. What's that meant to you as kind of the representative of this city to see all these things coming back when... There may have been times where it didn't seem like we'd ever get back to it. Yeah. Um, You know, I I think we are, um, we're blessed to have a community that was ready and willing to to come back. Mm -hmm. And I can tell you, you know, looking at the events that have happened uh, this summer and, you know, sold out events and... um, and that kind of stuff have, have just been so remarkable. Mm-hmm. There's been so many businesses and agencies, nonprofit organizations that have really struggled through um, how to manage through all of this, um, the city included, uh, that it's good to finally be able to see our family and friends and in a robust way. Mm-hmm. Was there ever a time where you were overly concerned that this might not happen, that it would be we'd be shut down for too long or it would just be so hard to come back afterward that we might not see the events that we're seeing in the busy summer and the wonderful summer that we've seen around town. Was that ever really a concern for you kind of in the midst of things? Yeah. You know, it's um, when, when you see the, the, the entrepreneurs, the businesses, especially the small and medium sized enterprises that were really taken a hit um, they were the ones that um, are the backbone of our community. And that's why I started the Mayor Standing Committee for Economic Recovery. Mm-hmm. And we took our the funds that uh, would come from your business license. <clears throat> and rather than keeping it into uh, the regulatory framework that we had it in, we pulled it out and stuck it in economic development. Mm-hmm. And so we've created facade upgrade um, programs uh, that have been really um, well used, 
Um, and you just go around town and you can see some of the facades that have been upgraded downtown um, and in the businesses. We've, uh, we created the, um, the grant for the nonprofit organizations to help them with the PPE that was required for mm-hmm. their for their agency, and we're looking at uh, some more to help uh, with uh, with reopening. Mm-hmm. I mean, a big part of that's just even been arts and culture. The growth of it's mm-hmm. been massive. I mean, uh, just one example: Energetic County Fair. I think Dale came to uh, you guys in February or March for council originally, and then put that on like months later. Uh, of course, all the events going on at Festival Plaza this summer with music in the park, movies in the park, which mm-hmm. we're a part of. Um, you know, the manager, the new manager of arts and culture and the strategy and all that. I, I, I wonder if you could talk a bit about that. And again, what it's meant to you to see that coming back as well and kind of exploding, given the new kind of manager that we have, who's kind of yeah. you in charge of that. Well, I think it's important to have a robust community and uh, not everyone is sports minded. They, mm-hmm. you know, more arts and culture. And and that's that's a beautiful um, a, a part of the community. So we need to have that um, celebration. We need to be able to um, have these events to put them on. Yeah. See, we have a community development um, or, um, organizer, and we were one of the only communities in northern BC to have a staff person like that because quite often uh, volunteer groups, um, as much as they wanted to put on an event, they didn't have the, uh, the, the capacity within their organization. Mm-hmm. And so we created that, uh, um, that position by bringing um, an arts and culture manager into the fold. We're going to be able to make that aspect of the community that much robu- more robust. Mm-hmm. Um, I do want to talk about this now, um, of course, because we are talking about your retirement, but you're not done yet. (laughs) So I wonder what, uh, you know, what, you know, what's left for you before the elections and sort of your term as mayor kind of effectively ends. What are you hoping, if anything, to accomplish before then in kind of your final few months um, in office here? You know, and what are you hoping to see? Well, there's a lot more work that um, um, needs to be done. There's, um, we've got First Nations communities that own fee simple land inside the city that would like to have an MOU signed. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're, I'm working on that. Um, there's um, a, um, a rail analysis that was done by the Resource Municipality Coalition and you know, talking to industry about some of the themes around that rail analysis and what can be done to be the catalyst to bring in more industry that, mm-hmm. that, uh, um, that, that needs rail or how do you expand the existing industries that use the rail and how do you just make that a little more efficient. And CN was a part of this, uh, um, a part of this report, so I'm, I'm pleased to say that you know, they're very aware of the recommendations that come from that. Um, you know, other than that, there's, uh, there's other opportunities. The beauty about government is it never shuts down. Mm-hmm. And so I have to keep my foot on the accelerator until the new mayor is sworn in. And I think this will be the first time in quite a long time, and I haven't even looked at, this, um, at, uh, at it, but there will be a peaceful transition of power. <laughs> Fair <laughs> point. <laughs> Well, and I mean, let's talk about your your retirement. Um, 
First well, of first all, first of all, we're not using the word retri- retirement. I, I apologize. Oh, you, are, okay. you are not running for re-election. Yeah. Uh, why now? What what kind of led to this decision that you said? You know, I I think it's time to do something else, or or to hand the reins off to the next person. Well, this isn't a career, mm-hmm. right? This is an opportunity to be uh, a significant part of the community, but you give up a lot. Mm-hmm. So. Um, I, you know, you mentioned 11 years, 11 years as a mayor, but six years as council, that's 17 years, Mm -hmm. you know, it's, this is not about, you know, um, why do this? It's why not do this, right? Um, I still have um, significant work that I could be doing. I'm just going to shift that over to the private sector. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I'm already getting calls to do that. I get to decide which dragons I'm going to slay when I get up in the morning. And, mm-hmm. and uh, um, you know, last weekend I was triple booked on the weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, this weekend I've got one event um, on Sunday and next weekend, oh heavens, um, well the weekend of the fall fair I am triple booked again. <laughs> so you you think it'll slow down a bit kind of after you're you're done are you looking forward to that having I a little more time? I am looking forward to yeah. it. I'm looking for my grandson and myself and his sibling. We don't know uh, if it's a little boy or girl yet. Fair are point. proud owners of a new ice cream making machine. <laughs> so um, it's time to learn the fine art of ice cream making. All right. And then what do you hope for kind of with the next council and the next mayor then? I mean, you've established a lot of things in your time. Uh, mm. Reconciliation is a big uh, deal for you. You've been working hard on that. What are you hoping they carry the mantle on, they continue to do? What, what's your hope for the next council as you transition into being a constituent, yep. not just an elected official? In every municipality in the province of British Columbia and every local government for that matter, um, we require an official community plan. Mm-hmm. And that really lays out the direction that your city is going to go. And I hope that uh, when our new official community plan is done, and I would assume that the next uh, council is going to kick that into gear within the next few years, mm-hmm. that they really listen to the community. The one thing when I uh, became the mayor, I asked how we were consulting with the community regarding Site C. Not the technical aspects of Site C, mm-hmm. how the community would be impacted. And so in the summer after I was elected in 2012, um, it was a summer that I'll, I will never get back. But what it gave to us was such a significant um, awareness of the city. Mm-hmm. And from that, we were able to get that precedent setting community measures agreement. Um, I think that um, since then, quite a few of the staff members, uh, and myself included, have become members of the International Association of Public Participation. We've understood the value and the importance of public participation of getting out there engaging with uh, with the public, getting that feedback, and then moving forward with that feedback. And that's what that was done uh, on the downtown action plan. It was done on um, the recreation plan, transportation plan, OCP, Site C, you name it. That's the process we take. Mm-hmm. 
All right. Well, we're going to have to leave it there, Mayor Ackerman, but I really appreciate you taking time and uh, working through the technical difficulties with this morning. <laughs> Thank you again for coming on Moose Talks. Every project has infrastructure issues. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Take care. All right. That's the mayor of Fort St. John, Mayor Lori Ackerman. Thanks for listening to this energeticcity.ca podcast. Energeticcity.ca is your only local and independent news in Northeast BC. To help keep us independent and to support this podcast, go to energeticcity.ca slash join.